power-packed weekend, right? Like sometimes if you're like me, it's like I'm going to have to go and just process this for a minute, um, everything, and I can't wait to go back and listen, and I encourage you to do that. I'm not sure how, um, if they'll put out the links uh, for these services. These messages have been so power, so powerful, and um, I think we miss half of what's the depths of being said. We can feel it, <laughs> but I'm like, no, I want to hear it, and so I encourage you to go back and chew on it and allow the Holy Spirit to just minister to you all over again. I'm super excited that you all are here. I'm, I will try to be chill. I make no promises um, just because I, listen, just a brief, like so many of you, and it was so sweet. I wish we had gotten around the whole room last night when Pastor Kevin and Devin, like, you know, made the acknowledgement of those of you who maybe um, have aborted uh, or stifled the call of God on the inside of you. And that's, I, I want to share just a brief portion of my story before I jump in. I never aspired, I'm a first generation preacher. And it took me a while to even be, I was like, oh, I'm not a preacher. Like my husband's called, so I'm called. Um, the enemy fought me from day one of even marrying my husband because he was like, well, who are you in to be in ministry? Does anybody, does the devil fight anybody like that? Like I know where I came from and he sure knew where I came from. I come from a very long line of hellions and I'm not exaggerating. Like, so to even think that God would use, but my goodness, we have heard story after story how love, how God loves to take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He uses people from Moab and he uses uh, people like Esther uh, and all of these lineages that make no sense. And so I just want to encourage you that if you're like, I don't have the right DNA, I don't have, you know, the right training. Guess what? I'm 43 years old and I just graduated from Bible college and I I've been pastoring a church with my husband for nine years. Why does God do things upside down and backwards in my life? I don't know. But let it, maybe it's just to come and testify to you and encourage you that it's never too late. If it's in your heart to do it, do it. If it's in your heart to go to Bible college, do it. it you know, and I did it at home, online, pastoring with an itinerant schedule, preaching all over the world, raising four kids, being a wife. I'm not a superwoman. It was by the grace of God. And so if God has put it in your heart, he will give you the grace for the season to do it. So I just kind of wanted to throw that out there and drop that bomb in your heart that you don't have to look at what was behind you. Okay. That I, I am in a season where the Lord is just wrecking me at every turn. And he began to speak to me about a couple of things. And I'm going to share this and then we're going to dive in about often we are so concerned with, uh, running from our past, running from shame, running from regret, running from that we miss what we're running to. And so I always, I, I equate it and I have a new devotional that is out. I'll share with you at the end because I'm going to give you a discount code because I'm so nice. <laughs> but it, there's a, there, God gave me a little devotional to write. It was called Escape Versus Encounter. 
And that is my heart that while you are here this weekend, that you understand that when this weekend is over, you didn't run from anything. You ran too. That's why I think about the, the running. Who was at the 5K? Who did it? Did you walk? You were at the service. Was anybody else there? Okay, you were there. Listen, I remember when Pastor Devin Wallace set me down. Um, gosh, I don't know. She, she asked me to come down and go to lunch with her. And she tells me this, God gave me a vision of running. I stopped her. I said, Devin Wallace, please tell me that you are not going to ask me to run with you. She was like, I am. I am. The Lord said, I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, this, look at my legs. Do they look like they're running? So it's an interesting season. God will stretch you. He will stretch you. And so I actually ran walk this time because I had a surgery at the beginning of the year. I had a, a full history. Well, not a full one, actually. I have my ovaries, but I had a hysterectomy. And um, and you, that sound, that's a whole other crazy story. But long story short, I had not been able to train for this one. And so um, it was by the grace of God that I ran at all. But I did it. I made it to the finish line. And what I'm saying is we have to know what we're running to in this season. So I want you to begin to get the taskmasters out of your mind the dread of Egypt, the fear of Egypt, the, the burden of Egypt, your past, whatever your past is, stop looking at what you've come from and begin to focus on what he's taking you to. And so I, I could go into the whole teaching with that. And maybe, maybe that's what the Lord is saying this morning. Um, but what I can tell you is that Moses had had an encounter with God. We could go all the way back to the burning bush. And he had this crazy encounter. And the the bush that was burning and not yet consumed, right? And the voice of God called out from it and identified himself as I am that I am. And here's what I can promise you is that in Moses' heart, he went to Pharaoh, not with, let my people go because you are burdening them. He said, let my people go so that we can go into the wilderness and worship our God. Moses had encounter on his heart. When he led those people through the sea, he was not running from Pharaoh. Don't mistake it. He was running because he knew the encounter with Yahweh, with the I am that was ahead of him. And so I just want to encourage you, what is ahead of you? Even when you leave women afire, don't let your heart be burdened. Like, oh, even the good things. I've been in a season where the Lord literally is closing the door on good things in my life because it's a season where he's saying, I'm taking you to an encounter that you wouldn't have had back there. The problem was the people who left Egypt with Moses had escape mentality. Do not be a people who have escape mentality because you will forever long for what was 
that you, you know where the children of Israel ended up. They were longing for the leeks and the onions of Egypt. The very thing they wanted to escape. That's how people get caught in a sin cycle and a sin trap is because they have escaped something. And when you have escape mentality, you then have the mentality that you could go back and conquer it. There are some things, the only way to conquer it is to run to him and allow him to be the conquering voice over that thing in my past. So now I just stand in the backdrop of my ugliness. It's ugly. It's behind me. I don't ever necessarily even turn back to go, oh, God, each of us come from something. I'm not saying that. But what I'm telling you, keep your back to it. Don't turn your heart back to it. Keep the escape mentality out of the way. It's even that way in salvation. How many remember the days of you better get saved or you're going to burn? Which possibly is true, right? But if we are escaping an eternal fire instead of running to the eternal God, we've missed it. So I just, let's just close our eyes for just a moment. And I want you to begin to ask God, have I tried to escape something in my past? Have I tried to run from something? Is that why I continue to have ties to what was? Have I tried to outrun it? And it's like I am attached to a belt that cannot, like I'm on a treadmill, can't get past it. Or am I running to you, Yahweh? The I am that I am, the I am that is greater than Egypt, the I am that is greater than abuse, the I am that is greater than their words, the I am that is far greater than any fire naturally you've gone through, any storm you've ever faced. And I want you to then just begin to set your heart that you're running to him. I'm running to you, Yahweh. I'm running to you. I'm running to your throne. I'm running with boldness. I'm running with clarity that I am your daughter. I'm running with the fierceness of joy that you are going to embrace me regardless of where I've been. I I will not even have the smell of smoke on where I've been. I will no longer even carry the wounds and the burden of Egypt because I'm running. You are the object object of my affection and my heart is set before you, Yahweh. Ooh, just lift up your hands for just a moment. I feel God's doing something. Come on, just tell him, say, I'm encountering you in all of your glory. And see, some of you are going, but I got to go back. Some, some of you, your home's your Egypt. And you've already got that thought process of when you leave here, what you've got to go back to. Come on, shift it and begin to ask God to make it his sanctuary. Come on, send the word. Send the word. I am crazy enough to believe that I have the authority by the power of Jesus' name. By his blood, I have access to open my mouth and he will fill it with promises that will be sent like arrows right into where I'm headed. Come on, because where you're headed from what you have been in, you're 
carrying with you and where you're headed is in a, a divine encounter. What you've experienced this weekend does not have to remain here. You are carrying it with you. You are the temple of God. And so I want you to go ahead and send every arrow. Send the word into the dwelling of which you reside. Send the arrow into your workplace. Come on, begin to declare, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you are going before me. You are the preceding word of God. So I send the word forth into the atmosphere. I, I just ask, Father, that every demonic territory has to bow when I set my feet upon my place where I dwell. When I step foot in my state, when I step foot in my city, they will know that I have carried the ark all the way back to this city. I have come with purpose in my heart to glorify Yahweh, to give him the glory and the honor and the praise. And I am not going back to Egypt. I'm not thinking about Egypt. I'm not longing for Egypt. I refuse to go home. The way that I came to this conference, I am moving towards encounter. Come on, go ahead. Send the word, ladies. Send the word into your atmosphere. Send the word. Fear, you will not be there when I get home. Come on. Woo! Struggled marriages. I break and I bind the deceptive lie of the enemy. Come on, every household divided will not stand. Somebody is purposing in their heart right now that God is shifting it before you get home. Wayward children that are acting crazy. Send the word and say, Father, I thank you that the encounter I'm carrying is great enough and it's going to spill out when I step foot on the place where my children are. Come on, begin to call it forth. You, you declare it. Woo! Send the encounter forth, Father. Send the encounter. Whichever direction you're going, send the encounter forth. Send it forth. Woo! And we praise you, God. We honor you, God. We give you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Woo! I need to... May I say... So I want to talk just a few brief moments out of Matthew and 25 as the Lord has dropped something in my spirit. You know that we are in Rosh Hashanah and some of you uh, may not uh, follow the Hebrew calendar. Um, I, Aaron and I several years ago were uh, with a ministry in Texas, um, led worship there for five years and just found a newfound love for Israel and God's people. And Miss um, Doris Barker, the blonde who is sitting on the stage, she said something very profound the other day that truly God has shifted some things in her own life, in her own family, by simply praying for Israel every single day. And so I just released that to you. I haven't said that to anybody else. And I, 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 I tried to always make that a part of my prayer because I believe that God has set watchmen on the walls. That's what the scripture says, oh, Jerusalem. And when you bless God's, what's God's? Guess what happens? Bless Israel and God will bless you. Bless Israel, send the blessing forth. And so as this Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year 5784, I am not preaching on doors because I don't want my friend mad at me. 
but I am speaking of a door. And I, as probably today, she is going to bust this thing wide open and teach it. And the Lord led me to Matthew and 25. And we often read this, but it's actually a continuation of a question that the disciples asked Jesus in Matthew 24. See, when you understand uh, scripturally context, you, you begin to read it in the way that it was written. And so a question was asked in Matthew 24 of the disciples as they were seated on the mountain, Mount of Olives in verse 3, 24. And they said, tell us when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming? Now we know the scripture goes and he begins talking about famines and earthquakes and pestilence. And he says, but these are just the beginning. Look at somebody and say, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And he goes on and he says, many will be offended. Look at somebody say, oh, it's just the beginning. That's what it says. They will betray one another and they will hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up, deceive many. And because of lawlessness, the love of many will what? Grow cold. Does it feel cold? It feels like a cold world. But it's, we have to then begin to discern it's because the end of the age, there is a shift in the atmosphere. There is absolutely, I remember being a young girl and people would talk about, you know, Jesus coming back and all of the things. And it felt so far removed from anything that I could even picture or imagine, you know, right down to people wanting chips in their bodies to pay for stuff. Did y'all see and you know what? I have kids and all of us. We're like, woohoo, we want the newest, best. We want, we want the upgrade. And we had to set our children down and almost repent because it it's a slow. Look, I'm going to stand up and say this. It's a slow fade. How would it be that even those could fall away who know the truth because it's a slow fade and they don't just go, oh, by the way, we're, we're going to put a chip in your hand so you can eat. No, it starts with, oh, you can pay with your phone. Right? Oh, well, that, I'm going to be out of here before that. I wish, I mean, I wish, I've all, I'm, I'm like, oh yes, I believe, you know, pre, pre-tribulation, yes. But the scripture says that this is the beginning of sorrows. And then it goes on to say, and it says that uh, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened in verse 22. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there because I'm crazy like that. I was thinking about, you know, my own children, how I remember being a child and it felt like Christmas was forever. Like, you know, the cycle of Christmas. My kids are like, wait, they're already putting, like, Christmas is going to be here before we know it. Why does it feel like the days are shorter? See, we always think about a time crunch of, of years. But I don't know about you, but I open my eyes in the morning and before I know it, I'm like, wait, did I even get anything done? The day literally went, woo, feels like the, I'm just saying. Matthew 25 is a continuation of this conversation. 
that Jesus is having with his disciples. And we preach this, we've heard it, we've taught it. It says, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. So as many of us know and understand in Jewish culture, there is a betrothal process where uh, the one whom he wants to marry, he goes and he pays a dowry to the father that is like a down payment, if you will, and like an insurance policy uh, that she would be taken care of. It wasn't for the father to sell his daughter, but it was literally like a savings account, if you will for the daughter that dowry was and the way the betrothal process went was that he handed her a cup he didn't hand it to her he held it out before her and if she drank of it he offered her a cup which was will you marry me and if she took the cup and drank that was her yes Okay, so then he tells her, I'm going to go prepare a place for us to live. I will be back for you. Okay, this is this is history. I will be back for you, but you don't know the day nor the hour. The father would tell the son when the house was built sturdy enough, when the house was ready and when it was time to go get his bride. You, you, you feel something in this, right? So when Jesus is telling his disciples, I go away to prepare you a place, if it were not true, oh, I wouldn't have told you. So they understood culturally what he was saying to them in that hour because they understood the covenant marriage process. So here we are, we've got a bride and her attendants and the what would happen, they would all go away together because then they would get the bridal party ready. It gave them time to get her dress ready and have everything prepared perfect for when her bridegroom returned, she would not be found unprepared. Everybody say prepare. Prepare. And so this was a minimum of a year's process. Now, homegirl did not have FaceTime. She didn't have text message, messenger. She did not hear. They didn't see each other in passing. There was no courtship. But in her heart, she knew that he was coming for her. She didn't know when, but she knew she was going to be ready. And often these processionals of weddings would take place at midnight. Now, why? Because the father would say, hey, son, all right, go get your bride go get your bride. And it was often at an unsuspecting time. And at midnight, this is where the cry would go out through the cities. The bridegroom's procession would come down the streets with trumpet blasts, with shofars blowing, torches in the, in the atmosphere, declaring the bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. And they would go down the streets and they would bang on doors and invite people to the wedding. You didn't get a save the date invite. (laughs) This was your opportunity to then join the procession. And when you show up at the bride's house, now how in the world is a bride going to stay dressed? She's going to stay ready. She slept in her gown. Really? 
She stayed ready. She didn't have time to get ready. She stayed ready. I'm telling you, this is in every aspect of our life. When you decide, I'm going to live prepared mentally, spiritually, physically, I don't have to wait until a crisis comes to figure out what I'm going to do. Okay? So she lived prepared. So here we see 10. It was split five wise. We find out that there were five foolish. There were 10 because the number 10 is a representation of perfect order. In Jewish law, whenever there were 10 Jews, a synagogue could be built. There were 10 witnesses. We heard about Boaz and Ruth last night. There were 10 witnesses when Boaz married Ruth in Ruth 4. It was Jewish uh, tradition that this, it would take 10 to perform a formal event. Uh, And so therefore this, this wedding occasion was making an announcement when he is teaching the disciples this. Again, they understand that the bridal party is waiting on the bridegroom and that it would be necessary for them to have what was needed when the bridegroom returned. And so then as Jesus is having this conversation, five of them were wise and five were foolish. And so we need to know that 10 is God's perfect order. But as we've heard all weekend, God will do a thing even if 50% of you want to decide to be foolish. He's like, I want 10, but I'll take five. The good news is that he will take two or three. You hear me? And so as five were foolish, five were wise, I want us to note that they all had lamps. They all took them. And the Bible says that it got late. How many understands that time will make you forget? Which some of us, that's a beautiful thing, right? Time heals all wounds. Not in this hour when people want to be offended all the time and love is growing cold. No, time. But time will make you forget your promise. You know what else will make you forget the promise? Pain. Right? Delay. Delay. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So I just, I want us to remember, there's a reason that Paul told Timothy to recall the prophecies concerning you because there is a moment in time that time will make you forget what God said. And if you're not recalling it, it will lie there dormant. Okay? So this bridal party was with the bride and she they would go with her to keep her accountable my God, where, where's my accountability partners at? Legit. The Bible says, confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. Is it possible that we are walking around only to be hurting ourselves even greater because you look around this room and you're like, well, I don't trust you. You know why? Because you've been hurt. Somebody betrayed you and now you carry an offense that you couldn't trust anybody else. 
right? Accountability will keep some of us from falling in the trap of forgetfulness. Because there are times in my life when I'll say something, my sister-in-law that came through here a while ago, and she'll text and she'll go, uh, do you remember? You know why? Because it's accountability to me to go, oh my word, yes. Oh, recall that prophecy. You need prayer partners. You need intercessors. You know why? Because Isaiah says that in the cluster is where the new wine is formed. I'm going to take a drink of coffee. You need new wine. You need a healthy cluster. You need a healthy cluster, which is what you are experiencing in this atmosphere. You are filling new wine and health because there are people who are general, general, what is the word? Thank you genuinely praying for you. We want you to win. We want you to excel. We want you to advance in everything that God has for you. And unfortunately, not everybody has that blessing. And I understand that. That's why you feel so empowered in this place. It's because the heart is literally, we want you to win. We want you to experience everything that we experience and then some. And so the cluster is a powerful thing. And here we see the cluster. Five were, five were wise, five were foolish. Now write this down. Because they all slept. They all slept. And there is a difference in being tired and being weary. If you're tired, you need a nap. <laughs> you need to go to bed if you're tired. But let me help you. If you're weary, you got to get that spirit off of you. Because that spirit of weariness will actually keep you awake at night. It actually will cause you to toss to and fro and worry about everything that's going to happen when the sun comes up. That spirit of weariness will make you sleep when you're trying to read your Bible. Right? And the only way to lift that heavy thing is to offer a praise unto God. And so I just want us, if you've been battling weariness, I want you to lift up your hand in this room. Come on, ladies, look around at those who are battling the spirit of weariness. It is the same as heaviness. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just cancel the assignment of weariness. We cancel the assignment that is trying to cause them delay, that is trying to cause them to not understand and be able to comprehend when they are doing and going and want to hear your word in all truth and honesty. I cancel you weariness. I cancel your harassing spirit that is wanting to cause a whole body to miss what you have for them and the advancement of this kingdom assignment. So you spirit of weariness, we now offer a praise unto God's name. We shake it off and we offer a praise to you. I see it shifting now. Come on, open your mouth and say, Yahweh, I bless you. Weariness, you will not take hold of me. I thank you, Father. I bless your name. I honor you. Weariness has no ability to hold you when you praise. It doesn't. It doesn't. So if you're tired, go to bed. But if you're weary, get it off of you. And that means if you are in your house and you got to turn on worship music and dance crazy, do it. 
do it. Lift it off of you. So weariness will either keep you awake at night or it'll make you want to pull the covers over your head and sleep all day. And either way, it's killing your assignment. It's killing your assignment. So they all slept. Say they all slept. Say we got to sleep. Just know the time of our sleeping. Okay, so when the call comes and they're hearing the trumpet blast, the procession of the bridegroom is coming. He shows up at midnight. A cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. They all got up and they all trimmed their lamps. But there was something that was different now. They all had lamps. They all slept. They all got up. There was probably excitement. Have you ever showed up at a place and not had what you needed? Right? Or you realize you brought the wrong thing. Or you only brought one shoe, right? Right? Or two of the same. Yeah, yeah. It's a mess. Two of the same, different color. We've all been there. You feel miserable, don't you? And so there's part of me, I'm like, oh my God, like I've been there, like because life is so busy and you get caught up in the event, right? Like, oh, he's coming, he's coming. Oh God, we don't, wait a minute. We don't have extra. They had their lamps. But the difference was the wise, everybody say the wise. The prudent, the diligent, the prepared and the concerned. Concerned. They had thought about this process. They, this was part of the preparation of the plan. It wasn't just all about the dress, right? I think so many people want to get married and all they think about is the dress and the flowers and the meal, the catering, and you forget the fact you're going to spend the rest of your life with this person. And then you get married for a week and you're like, oh. It's okay, I got cute pictures. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's more than just the momentary preparation. You, this is what I'm saying. Begin to look ahead as we are watching and praying because as God is moving you and advancing you, it is never about the moment you're in and it's always about the assignment you're going to. Do you hear me? When God called me to do this, I was a, a, a mom who worked with my husband and his family cleaning toilets on a bus. It made no sense. It made no sense. I come from a family of hellions. And when God called me and said, I want you to preach your word, I'm like, God, I don't even know your word. Like, I barely know John 3:16. What do you mean preach your word? The only thing I knew is that I had had an encounter with God and that encounter forever changed my life and God said the only thing I need you to preach is me crucified me buried me resurrected me filling you with the spirit and go empower women to have that same encounter he said I don't need you to know the Bible from front to back there are many people who know the scripture in and out who have never desired an encounter with him so I'm just setting you free a little further your preparation process, it, the, again, I told you, Bible school came after the fact. 
Because at the end of the day, that degree is wonderful and I'm proud of it. It does not supersede the encounter. Ever. Ever. Do what you do with all of your heart. But when you encounter Yahweh and you have his word, you can handle all the haters. You are not even offended. You're like, woohoo, thank you. <laughs> You're just pushing me closer to destiny. You know what I mean? Let them talk. They're going to. Okay, but the concerned, prepare. Just say that. Say it's more than just the moment. That's, and that's what has some of you in the struggle this morning. Because you want to stay in this moment. And God's saying, but I've put you in a movement. So the wise means diligent, prepared, and concerned. Are y'all ready for foolish? What time is it? Oh, good. I've still got time. Foolish in the root of the Greek is moros, M-O-R-O-S, which is where we get our word moron. It's the root word for moron. It's true. Moronic. Oh, it, it gets better. <laughs> to be dull or without edge. Have you felt like you've lost your edge? Do you feel like that everything has clouded you? Do you, you see where I'm going here? When, when you're edgy, like we think about, oh, I don't want, you know, I don't want a sharp tongue. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about an alertness and an awareness. The Bible says, be sober, vigilant, and alert for your enemy is seeking, roaming like a roaring lion to whom he may devour. And so therefore, when I decide to be fully awakened in my spirit, even when I've taken a nap, even when I've been asleep, when I hear the call, awaken me out of my slumber, I'm still prepared and I'm still aware and I'm still alert and I'm not trying to find my garment that's going to please the king because I never took it off. So to be dull or without edge means whew, that it becomes less intense, less bright, and the diminishment of life. Mm. You know what people say about me all the time? See, what's funny is uh, so many people, they are so intimidated when they see me preach. And then they see me in person, they're all, they're like. And there's certain people, they're like, you're, you're too intense for me. And you know what I have had to learn? I can't be dulled down. Some of you have decided to allow their opinion of you to dull you. It's true. 
Do you know what else happens when something becomes dull? It has been hit over and over and over with a blunt force object. You've taken a beating. You've taken a beating, maybe like a baseball bat. I don't know what it is, a stick, something. You feel beaten, maybe even the word of God, maybe even the rod of the spirit. Maybe you've been beaten with it and it has beat you into submission to the place that you've lost the life of the kingdom, the brightness of the light of glory, and the dull. you've become dulled down because they've told you, they beat you down. Because you were too intense. You were too shiny. You were too lively. That's what some of y'all are going home to. I'm just saying it. Some of you are going home. And at the end of the day, it's not wisdom to be overly dignified and walk around and be dull. It's actually moronic. It's the intellect of the world that will miss the spiritual return of Christ Jesus because they have it all mentally laid out and prepared, but they're going to wake up and go, whoa, we have no extra oil. Now then I want to talk to you circumstance. Have you ever been around somebody that once and some of you elderly, not elderly, older generation in this room. Some of you, I'm, I'm on, on the north side of this. I'm 43 years old, so I'm kind of over that hump uh, with you. I'm, I'm, I might be a little bit younger, but here's what I can tell you. I, I now have determined in my heart, yes, my 16-year-old self was full of something. It wasn't the kingdom. I can promise you that. I thought I had life. I was edgy of my flesh. I had no, ooh, I refused to dole down for anybody but what set me free is that somebody on a on once I got saved and I got filled with the Holy Ghost I then tried to put on the dullness of the churches I tried I tried I tried to just be the good little preacher's wife that you know I'm just gonna sit here and bless God and I'm just going to serve you food, and I love to. I'm, I, I love, you know what I actually love? I love to clean the bathrooms of our church, and I don't know why, but I do. As I, I mean, it's, it's like kind of this gratifying thing, this instant transformation that it's like, okay, woohoo, you can make this shiny in a moment, and you know that people are going in there, and you just, I don't know what that is. But here's what I can tell you is that for a season, the enemy was like, oh, you're, you're really sanctified now. You need to dim this intensity. It's what, it's what Pastor Paula was saying about Pastor Devin, the Kyle woman. That this, the, but, but for how many years it was the virtuous woman, which was the silent one that just did her job. I'm, I'm serious. And y'all, I don't nobody love taking care of their household more than me. I love it. I, I count it an honor and a privilege. But when you seek him first, he allows you to do everything else somehow. Somehow. Again, because we're, I'm not pursuing the call. I'm pursuing him. There's the difference. I didn't want this. But once I encountered him, he's like, what are you going to do with that now? Because you'll explode if you keep it all in there. He said, no, 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 go. Go empower others. 
But as, as this life that we live in this concept of wisdom of the word tells us that you need to dull down. You need to chill out. You need to dim your light. Like, don't walk in a room and, you know, Jesus! <laughs> but I've watched people. Do you know Ecclesiastes says that the end of a thing, everybody say this, the end of a thing is better than the beginning. You know why? Because all hell breaks loose in the middle. In the middle is the determination of whether I, I end up as the wise or I end up as the dulled, moronic, foolish. It is because it's the moment where the blunt force objects come against me. It's the moment, the middle's where the storms come at you. In the middle is that place of, okay, do I turn back now because this is too heavy? This is intense. It's pushing against, right? And so the enemy loves to come in the middle space to bring a contrary wind against the assignment that God has for your life. So it's even that way many of you have gotten a new flame of fire you've gotten the, the affirmation of your call like this one and, and you're excited to start something but you need to know that there will be those who do not like your newfound freedom I want to help you there will be those who will say you need to dim your light down you need to you need to chill out and I'm not talking about go and take over your churches and do crazy things you respect authority but what I am saying is that you are on a journey and the one thing in mind is encountering God it's never about a platform it's never about oh what am I going to get out of this you are anticipating the bridegroom returning and when he comes I don't want to be found without the extra oil which then in turn takes me to where we're going to land this plane and here's what I'm saying to you today oil out of Zechariah is representation of the Holy Spirit and so there are so many who would say well I was filled with the Holy Ghost years ago I well I only pray in tongues when I feel it right I don't really have to pray in tongues. You know, I, I, I don't know. Yesterday, if you were in here, the Lord gave me a word. And out of 1 Corinthians 14, it's where Paul is saying, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. And he said, when I pray in the spirit, my mind is unfruitful. I see that doesn't like, some of us are like, oh, I don't want my mind we need our carnal mind unfruitful. We need our carnal thinking to be subject to the spirit of God. And so I don't know about you, Paul. Then Paul said, but I am praying always. I pray in tongues more than all of y'all. Now, there is a moment to speak with understanding. But what I can tell you, we are in a season that the Holy Spirit must be in you full and rich because there will be an enemy to come or time delayed will make you forget, oh man, I should have got extra oil. And in this season, we don't have time for a day to slip by and be like, well, I'm just, you know what? I'm busy. I got up too late. I had to go to work because you are going to find that everything in your life will be very difficult without the extra oil in this hour. 
It will be. Why? Because many will be offended. You know what, oil? I have a friend, Darlene Bishop. She has been in this thing for a long time. Who knows Darlene? Mama Darlene. She is amazing. And I asked her one time. She is, uh, I, I'm not going to tell her age. She's coming for her birthday to see me in October. But one thing I asked her, and it's crazy, but I said, okay, what's the secret to this skin? Like, what is happening here? Number one, she has probably Native American Indian blood in her body. But one thing she said, she was like, I lather down with oil every night before I go to bed. The oil will keep your flesh under control. It'll keep your skin from being irritated and breaking out in rashes. You hear me? I'm I'm making a natural thing a spiritual thing. The oil will keep you. It will, the squeakiness of a door that is getting ready to open, when you've got the extra oil, the door is not just waiting on you. An oily door will open with ease. So as we're crossing the threshold of the door in Rosh Hashanah, I want you to understand that when the five foolish had to go try to find some extra oil. And what I'm saying is there will be situations in your life. There will be confrontations. I want you to understand that encounter is not just woohoo in Christ. It means a full-on confrontation. And even we see that with the children of Israel. When they went to encounter God, they were met with a confrontation. The war of two wills was taking place on the inside of them. So I'm not even just talking about a confrontation outside of you. I'm talking about a confrontation on the inside of you. And so if you begin to feel something pulling and tugging and you begin to turn back from the encounter because you're too scared, right? Oh, Jesus is so, he is. I love dancing with him. But then there is Yahweh that speaks with thunder and lightning and comes out of the thick black cloud. And it's terrifying. And I have to make a choice, the will within me. And what I'm saying is there are also situations that you will not have time to go lock yourself in the, in the intercessory prayer room to figure out what you need to do. You need the extra oil. You need the extra oil. Cheryl, I was in New York last weekend with Pastor Cheryl and Cheryl and all of them at Hope NYC. When I left them, went to JFK Airport, on the plane, on the tarmac, three hours we sat there. I knew after the first one we weren't getting out of there, and yet they let us sit there because what do I know, (laughs) right? I'm like, listen, if they would just let us off the plane now because we're not taking off. And they're, they're like, yeah, we're waiting. I'm like, no, we're not. We're not getting out of here. So they finally let us get back and they cancel the flight. The problem was it wasn't just us. There were 90 other planes at that exact moment that were grounded and canceled. There were people on our flight to get home that had been canceled the night before. They said it was due to weather. I don't know. I didn't see a drop of rain. But what I'm telling you, in that moment, in the line, backed all the way around that terminal, probably four to five hours to get through, to get rebooked, I had to make a quick decision. And this is 
what? Living life in the spirit, having extra oil. I'm not telling you something because I'm like, ooh, I got extra oil. No, there's a price to pay. But you have to know that as I'm walking, I'm praying. Right now, as I'm ministering, I'm praying. As I'm eating, I'm praying. It is not something that is separate of me. It is the air that I breathe. It is the choice that I have made to not just go to a place of encounter, but to live in encounter. That's how you have prophetic dreams and prophetic visions because you determine my mind is unfruitful because I choose to dwell and live by the Holy Spirit. And so we had a quick decision to make. My daughter who is in Cheryl's class right now uh, and my my uh, assistant, Becca, I said, Becca, get Delta on the line. I said, we don't have time to stand here. And they're like, okay. And so we just take off and I get on the phone with one of my intercessors who is a travel agent because it was a quick and you can do this because you're living life in the spirit. Be filled with the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I didn't have time to be angry. I didn't have time to cry about it. I didn't have time to go, God, what are we going to do? You make moves according to the spirit that wheels on the inside of you. And we're standing at the top of the steps and I'm like, once we go down here we don't get back in so we've got to make a quick decision and I said Rebecca she was at home I said get me a rental car she gets me a rental car they sent us down to baggage claim the line of the baggage claim was backed all the way out and then they tell me it's going to be six hours before we can pull your bags you know what I said leave them behind leave them behind even though every drop of makeup I owned, jewelry that I loved, a whole suitcase full of wet clothes, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but I had to make a choice to leave the baggage behind. And I knew it was the will of the Spirit. And I knew it was the will of the Spirit. I am walking and I get into the rental car place and they start in their New York accent. We have no cars. I'm standing in line like I own the place. I'm looking at them like this. How can you stand so confident, confidently? Because of the oil. We have no cars. And I, I just looked at her. I said, I have a reservation. She said, I don't care if you got a reservation. If you've booked a car in the last 24 hours, we have no cars. Her manager comes out because, I mean, I ain't moving. Everybody else in the building is flooding out. And the three of and my girls, uh, Becca and Eva, they're looking at us like, and I'm just, I, I'm just like, mm -mm. <laughs> the manager comes out and he yells, we have no cause. And I, and I just turned and I looked at him. I said, I have a reservation. He said, they'll take your money. They don't care. He said, but we, they don't know. We don't have any cause. And I just stared him. I just looked at him and he looked right back at me. And I kid you not. He goes, but I can give you an upgrade. <laughs> what? 
wait, why didn't you just say that on the beginning side of this? But here, but here, here was the key. He said, I can give you. My daughter, she like was with me when I told this story and she was like, you sound like one of those preachers that exaggerate. And if I hadn't been there, I wouldn't have believed it. But that's exactly how it happened. (laughs) And when I looked at him, he goes, I can give you an upgrade. And I went and he goes, but you're going to pay for it. And boy, we did. But y'all, I want you to hear me. I've been praying about my next vehicle, which I know what it is because the Spirit told me. Pastor Greg DeVries, who is an incredible prophetic voice, he told me at the end of July, he said, I just heard the Holy Ghost tell me to tell you to start watching for your car. I was like, okay. I know know what it is. I said, do you know what it is? He said, I don't. He said, but it's white. And I said, yes, it is. Y'all, I could go get the car on my own, but that ain't what the Holy Ghost said. Okay, just because you can doesn't mean you should. You hear me? And the oil, having the extra oil on your life will keep you from birthing an Ishmael. Okay? I'm helping somebody. It's 10 o'clock. We got a a 30-minute buffer. I'm going to let you go in about 10 minutes. So here's, here's the truth. We pay the price for the upgrade. And I'm like, why didn't you just say you have an upgrade? He said, not everybody's willing to pay the price. (laughs) He don't know. I've been in a Holy Ghost conference all weekend. I'm like, oh my God, I'll pay the price. (laughs) Ain't no dull moment with me, y'all. And here's the truth. I get the key. They didn't tell me. They, at this point, I didn't care. I just drove a semi home. <laughs> it's the truth. So I take the packet and I'm walking to space 802 and I turn to them. I said, God has to be doing something in this. He has to be. There's a lesson somewhere in this. And I look up. I'm like, 802, 802. And I went. It's my car. I turn, Eva goes, Mom, like my family knows what I'm praying for. She goes, Mom, it's your car. I was like, I know. And here's what I can tell you. When you have the oil, because here's the truth. If I had stayed in that line, if I had waited for man's word, had I not been willing to leave the baggage behind, oh, somebody needs to hear me. I would have missed the opportunity to test drive my future. I'm prophesying that this weekend you have been in the driving seat. You have been test driving where God is leading you in this hour. I want you to hear me. Stand to your feet. This whole weekend, this experience and this encounter has been a test drive of what God's about to take you on. You hear me? Do you have your car yet? No, but I will. But I will. And the Holy Ghost has told me, if you're willing, I put seed on it. That's the way I look at it. I'm like, they didn't take nothing from me. I put seed on my future. If you put seed in the ground this weekend, I want you to hear me. The Lord has allowed you to experience this encounter for a test drive. 
And when you're willing to leave the baggage behind, here's what you need to know. Whatever was on the other side of that door, if it wasn't for you, it will never find its way to you again. But it wasn't until somehow my bags got to Nashville without me. You need to know that if God has meant it for you in this next season, it will find its way to you because of the oil. But here's the key, say, I need the extra oil. Because what happened while they went out to find it, the door was shut and they couldn't get in. Ooh, we about to cross the threshold of some doors today. I promise you we will. I know my girl. I promise you there'll probably be a, a whole object lesson in this. And I want you to begin to say, God, I'm willing to leave Ooh, the baggage behind. When Saul, who was chosen as a king because Israel decided, oh yeah, we want to be like other nations and we want a king. We want to be like everybody else. But when it came time for the coronation, Saul could not be found. You know where he was? Among the baggage. When it's time for your crowning moment, don't be more concerned with the baggage of yesterday, somebody else's garbage, and what is not even meant for your destiny to be the thing that keeps you from the crowning moment in this hour. Lift up your hands in this room as the Holy Spirit is the oil. Come on, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to begin to pray. Come on, begin to declare, Lord, I'm crossing the threshold. I'm paying the Christ. I will not be a moron that is dulled down by their opinions. I will not listen to their words. I will not try to carry the bags into the destiny. But Lord, if they're meant for me, you're going to get them to me, God. I only want what you have in this hour. I lift the heavy burden. I shift it. The oil is healing. The oil is healing. Come on, allow healing to begin to flow. Every mind altering spirit that is trying to take the mind of God's people, trying to diminish and dull the spirit of God. We say in this hour more now than ever, I don't want to just be in one encounter and leave you behind, but I want everything you have. I want to live in the encounter with you, God. I want to experience everything that you are, Yahweh. Come on, begin to turn it. Come on, oil for your house, oil for your car, oil for your marriage, oil for your future, oil for your assignment, oil for your schooling, oil for your job, oil, oil, oil. This will not be a closed door season. This will not be a closed door season for those who have determined I want it all. See, it's not selfish. You're saying, God, I want everything that you have for me. I speak peace. I speak peace. 
I speak peace. Father, I ask that you begin to lift the heavy burden. Lord, I thank you, Father God, Lord, that there is a shift on the inside of her right now, that you are making all things new in this moment. Woo. There will be no worry of where you're headed. Come on, break it off. Break it off. Break it off. Allow the river of the Spirit to begin to nourish and flourish. This is not a dry season. This will not be a dry climate season. Come on, there are clouds that are not empty, but they are filled with the woo, with the water of the nourishment that brings forth the oil. Come on, begin to churn it. Come on, if you need the Holy Spirit, begin to open your mouth and just offer praise to Him. Come on, it, the infilling opens with praise. It opens with praise. It opens with praise. Father, we honor you. We bless you. We give you the glory that is due your name. Lord, I thank you that you know the plans that you have for them, says the Lord. Plans to give them a hope and a future. You have a hope and a future with their destiny named on it, God. Lord, you know what you're doing even when it feels chaotic. You know what you're doing even in delay. You know what you're doing oh God there is a move that is happening among the women of God in this hour there is a move that will not be denied and yet we will not even be able to take credit for Lord I thank you that you're maneuvering some things for them I speak healing in this room tonight Today, I speak healing. I declare healing. I declare healing. I declare kidneys function according to the word of God. I decree that every infection, ooh, every infection in the body bow to the name that is greater than every other name. Every tumorous spirit, you dissipate, ooh, you dissipate now in Jesus' name. Father, I bless the women of this room right now. I bless their families that are attached to them. I bless the extension of what you have them in, oh God. I break the enemy's assignment and tack of heaviness and weariness and doubt. I break the assignment of delay and distraction. Father, we are focused upon you and we set our eyes upon you. You are the object of our affections, Yahweh. And we may not know how it's going to turn right now, but we trust that you are. You are, you are, you are. You are the door and you are the way. And we trust you. Come on, I want you to just begin to tell him, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Come on, begin to tell him, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you.
Here's what I can tell you, if and when, it's not if, it's when, you are faced with opposition, <laughs> remember that you got oil. Don't react out of your mind. Don't react out of your mind. Let the Spirit of God come forth. And it's, guess what? I didn't stand in that Hertz rental car and go, <laughs> I just remained. You need to know that when you leave here and where you're headed, the oil's intact. <laughs> okay? Whew. Is everybody excited about the future? Woo. The promises of God that are yes and amen concerning you. Y'all ready to walk through the door of promise? It's not going to be shut. This door is only shut when you don't have the oil. And you got it. You got it. You got the oil of joy. You got the oil of gladness. You got the oil. I'm telling you, God is good. He is good. He's worthy to be praised. So this is uh, a copy. This is a uh, version that is coming out. It will be here uh, this weekend, but you can pre-order it. You can go to amandacrabministries.com. Now I'm going to give you a secret code. Y'all ready? Because I am so nice because I got the oil. That's why. And I'm going to give you a 50% discount. Okay. Right. I know my husband's like, why are you doing this? Because I can because I'm putting seed in my future, right? And I never say this about anything that I do, people who know me, but I, I never go, man, I'm so proud of this work that, no, I'm not. I, I am extremely, I'm so excited about it. It is a 30-day devotional. It's one of four that will come out this year. And this one is called Preparing for Encounter. And so um, it will... Um, Come directly to you, amandacrabministries.com. And the discount code is remnant5050. Do I have any remnant people in here? Remnant, hey, hi, remnant. I have a mentorship group, and they are amazing people. And every single day they have devotions, and they put up with my voice and videos. And yesterday I released one with absolutely no makeup, still sitting in bed. It's raw and it's real. And I trust the oil will get to him. So it's Remnant 50. When you go to the checkout, put that in the discount code area, and it will give you 50% off. And I think it totals to about $14 with ship shipping. So thank you all for coming today. Let's get next door so I don't get in trouble for delaying you. And let's go get ready for walking through doors and doing all the crazy things the Holy Ghost is going to let us do today. I love you. God bless you. I pray you are encouraged.